Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Tell Me Yours, a storytelling podcast with me, your host, Trey Everett. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Tell Me Yours, a storytelling podcast with me, your host, Trey Everett. I am so excited for my guest today. He is the frontman of a band that I really, really love and have for a long time, The Ballroom Thieves. If you have not heard them, please go check them out right now. Pause this, go to Spotify, listen to their whole catalog, and then come back and listen to this story. It was so great to chat with him. He tells an absolutely insane story that I'm super excited for you to hear today. Please welcome to the pod, Martin Early. Yeah, for <laughs> sure, for sure. It's been been a weird time to be in a band, but yeah, I bet, uh, I bet. But all in all, we can't complain. You know, we're we're lucky uh, to be living where we are and to yeah. and to have the friends we have and the family we have. So, yeah. That's cool. Are are you living now kind of like close to where you grew up? So this is kind of like where your roots are? Sort of. So I actually, I grew up in in Europe, in Switzerland. Oh, and no so my family and I moved to the U.S. when I was 13. Oh, wow. Um, and so when they moved, they moved to Maine. And uh, I live now about two hours away from them also cool. in Maine. Nice. Yeah. Okay. You're going to tell me a story today. I am. I'm so excited to hear what this story is going to be. I have no idea. (laughs) There were a lot of, uh, a lot of contenders, but, um, (laughs) I I decided on, I'm going to tell you the story of our last tour before the pandemic hit. Okay, cool. So this was our, this was our release tour for unlovely. So we were headlining our first shows were in Denver or we're in Colorado. Cool. So the logistics right off the bat were a bit of a shit show. Um, <laughs> so we were uh, we were going to leave to go on the road on uh, February 24th. So we live in Maine, Callie mm-hmm. and I, and Devin at the time lived in Maine too. So there was a logistical issue where we had to figure out how we were going to get to Colorado, rent a van and a trailer, and then <laughs> drive up to the Pacific Northwest and then all the way down to LA. And so... The easiest way to do that was for Callie and I to fly out early, go to L.A., rent a van there, and then drive to Denver, 
<laughs> and then pick up a trailer there, and then the rest of the gang would fly into Denver okay. and we'd pick them up, and then we'd start. So makes sense. Yeah, right. <laughs> foolproof plan. Great, great start. <laughs> so, uh, so the first thing. So there's this is going to be like a like a list of a series of unfortunate events. Not the Her, book, but oh, great. just yeah, the literal. Great. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So the first thing that happened is that we our our vehicle up here. We've since bought a new vehicle, thankfully, but our vehicle was a an O2 F150 on its last legs. Like, you know, <laughs> there's no heat, there's no AC, it rumbles like crazy whenever you go anywhere. You can go maybe 55, you know? <laughs> so we're supposed to drive down to Boston to catch the flight um, out to LA, and the, di- the morning that we're supposed to leave, our truck breaks down. Oh, and no. We try to bring it into the shop. We have a, a shop locally that's really great, and they're trustworthy people. We bring it in, and usually they're on top of it, but this morning, the owner of the shop had died. So oh, he had died no. the, the day before he he tragically passed away in a snowmobiling accident. Oh, my and, gosh. And so they were like, sorry, we can't do anything right now. So then our manager, Eric, who lives in Portland, so about an hour away from us, he said, okay, I'll just drive up. I'll pick you up, bring you down to the bus, and you'll take the bus from Portland down to Boston. Then he got in his car, and his car broke down. So oh. so then he borrowed, he borrowed a friend's car, and he drove up to get us and put us on the bus to Logan Airport. So finally, okay, we're at, we're at yeah. Logan Airport. We get there. We check our stuff. We eat some shitty air, airport food. And Perfect. then we fly over. There's a layover in Vegas, I think. Okay. I remember putting 20 bucks in, uh, you know, one of those slot machines at the Vegas airport. And in like, it felt like 12 seconds, it was all gone. So I, I think I still... I still have the, like, there's a receipt that's, like, you can cash out, and it's 0.01 cents. <laughs> like, 0.01 dollars. Yeah. So, that was the Vegas layover. And then that. And then we flew to L.A., and we picked up our van, and I, everything went fine. We stayed with a friend of ours uh, in L.A., and then we rented some backline gear, amps, and that kind of thing. Oh, cool. Uh, in L.A., and then, you know, then we made the drive over to... Colorado and uh that drive was pretty uneventful we almost ran out of gas at one point but you know all things considered that part was pretty smooth (laughs) yeah not too bad not too bad and we didn't have the trailer yet so we just had a a a 15 passenger van Mm -hmm. just packed with gear because everything that was going to go into the trailer was just in the van so So we get to Colorado, and Callie's cousin lives in in uh, a suburb of Denver, and so we're staying with them. And uh, I have to go and pick up the U-Haul trailer that we're going to use for the whole tour. And so we booked the smallest uh, size trailer that they have because it fits all the stuff we need. Cool. Yeah. So then I get there, and they they say, "Oh, we're all out of the small size. <laughs> we have to give you the big, like oh six by twelve God. trailer." So we're like, okay, fine. You know, they gave us the same rate. It's oh, it's cool. just way way bigger. Just way too much space. Yeah. Tons of space in there, and it's way heavier. And you know, yeah. maneuvering it with a yeah. fifteen passenger van at the front of it is just is not the most fun. But it is what it is. And then that night at around ten forty five p.m., the rest of the crew is flying in to Denver from from Boston cool. and from other places. Um, and so the whole crew is. So it's so it's uh, Callie and I, and then Devin, our drummer, Ariel Bernstein, who 
at the time was playing guitars and and keys Mm -hmm. who is now our our full-time drummer and then our tour manager abby and our our sound guy danny cool so there's six of us total Mm -hmm. um everyone's psyched we're ready for a a good release tour you know tickets are selling well we (laughs) like the denver show is already sold out so we're excited we're you know so we booked two warm-up shows before the Denver show. So there's a house show in Colorado Springs that went really well. It was really fun, stripped down set. And then we had a show in Greeley, Colorado, which uh, if you ask anyone in Colorado about Greeley, they'll just tell you that it smells terrible there. (laughs) And we were like, we had no idea what they were talking about, but we got there and it really does smell terrible because there's a massive... Uh, slaughterhouse so it's like the slaughterhouse industry in Greeley is top-notch but um but other than that economy is killing it but it's not smelling so great (laughs) yeah yeah they're ignoring it they figured out how to live with it I don't know but people were super nice and there was a nice you know there's a nice taco place right next to the venue so that's always a a plus absolutely (laughs) but then other than that it was pretty uneventful um Mm. We met our the support band uh, for the whole tour was Harlequin Gold. They're a mm-hmm. duo from from Canada, cool. um, and so we met them that day, and we kind of got acquainted, and and we had a nice show, and we went back to towards Denver after the show, and then the next day is the Denver show, and things went pretty well. We went thrift shopping. I got a sweet Chinese collar shirt, you know, with Hell hidden yeah. buttons, and Hell it just yeah. happened to fit. Found some leather shoes for three dollars. It was really like you know things were nice. going. Like your luck has swimmingly. officially turned around. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. So we thought. Um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, the the show was sold out. It's at this place called the Globe Hall, uh, which is a really fun rock club in Denver. It's an old Croatian meeting hall. Oh wow! So it just it smelled like just you know buckets of beer had been drenched. <laughs> drenching that floor for just centuries but um but in a really nice you know homey good way you know yeah 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 when you step into a bar that just has seen its Ah, share of beer you're like yeah "Yeah, this feels feels right this is right this is right yeah Yeah. (laughs) so that show went really well we were excited we had kind of you know knocked out some of the kinks during the two warm-up shows for the cool. for the set and everything was going really well and do you guys do you, and this is just a curiosity i have do you guys keep the same set for each show on a tour or do you like change it up at this point so it, it totally depends um cool. usually we'll we'll kind of come up with two or three different set lists based cool. on the length length of the set and then for for a release tour we tend to keep it pretty much the same pretty so consistent that, yeah yeah because there's just something about really getting to know a set mm. so that you know without looking at the set list exactly what's next what the transitions that's are like cool. yeah that's cool you really get into a groove and uh yeah so we we tend to keep it the same so if, for this one we we definitely we, we kept it the same set <laughs> cool okay cool so the next day after denver uh we were supposed to drive towards utah and then the next show was going to be in in boise idaho and we got some reports right before we left that there was supposed to be some snow and it's uh you know it's supposed to be about two inches of snow nothing crazy so we drive west on i-80 towards ogden utah we were going to stay there for the night and then keep going and we got about halfway through the drive when we're we're in wyoming and we stopped for gas and uh to switch drivers and we noticed that the there like 
the snow was picking up, the ice was kind of caking onto the back of the trailer, and the winds were picking up a little bit, but we didn't really think too much of it. So then we kept driving. I was in the way back with Callie, and our sound guy Danny was driving, and um, all of a sudden, the weather gets way worse. You know, kind of, it seemed like out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um, the speed limit out there is 80, so there's all these 18-wheelers that are driving 80 miles an hour, oh regardless God. of the weather. Yeah. And, uh, and so That's we're kind of, we're, we, we were sliding a little bit and we just, but we kept, kept going. And, and then, uh, there was a, a truck next to us that had, that hit a passenger vehicle that was kind of in front of us, right next to us. So oh my gosh, they start sliding and the truck starts sliding and we, our sound guy has to kind of take our van into the median, you know, kind of over the embankment and crash into the snow because all of the vehicles behind us are starting to slide too. It's all icy and the and the winds are are at this point up at 60 miles an hour. So Oh my gosh. So yeah, we he he did a all things considered, he did a great job trying to get it For sure. get the van yeah. into off the road. I don't envy him in that moment, but yeah, it was, man, it was scary because yeah, everything totally. kind of went white and uh, the trailer jackknifed behind us and we slid off the road and then um, we came to a stop and we kind of just sat there kind of shell-shocked for a second. But then, you know, the rest of traffic, they were mm-hmm. all, no one could see anything. So everyone was crashing into the cars in front of them because oh even by the time they were able to try to hit the brakes, it was too, too late, late and yeah. the ice was already, you know, all over the roadway so it was really it was at least five minutes of just crashing and we so we got out of the car because we felt like we felt like we were just sitting ducks you know yeah and and as we we were getting out of the car and um another truck hit the side of our trailer and jackknifed it even even more so that it was like perpendicular to our car we got out of the car thinking that we might get hit in the car, you know, if we stay yeah. there. So we got out and we got into the median. And by then there was about three feet of snow. So we're just kind of trudging through the snow in the median. We can't see anything because it's a, it's like a, you know, whiteout. Yeah. And, uh, but the cars are still crashing. We can hear the big crashes behind us. Oh my God. And then we realized that there's cars coming from the other side of the highway. And we're like, man, what if they go off the road and they, you know, what if we get hit somehow from that side? What we didn't know at that time, found out later, is that there were cars coming from the other side for a little while. And then that they stopped. And we just figured someone had put up a, you know, emergency sign or something. But what actually happened is that the there was a separate pileup on the other side of the highway. Oh, my God. So... It was just like it was just madness for for at least five minutes. It was crashing, but without the visual of anything. So it's, yeah, it was really just eerie. The sounds of it, right? Oh my! And like you know, you're God. out in this in this snowstorm. You know, our hair and our beards and everything that were starting to freeze and accumulate snow. And so it was it was super scary. After after a while, the crashing came to a halt, and we figured, okay, let's. Get, just get back in our van because the heat was working everything was okay it wasn't you know wasn't damaged or anything and so we kind of waited there and then as we were waiting you know more and more people kind of left their vehicles to check out what mm-hmm. had happened and there was a small group gathering around a car the car that had been hit 
initially and uh so we went out and tried to tried to help so this couple had been hit by the by the 18 wheeler he had been driving and his wife was in the passenger seat and he the car was smashed so that he he couldn't move at all so he could only see forward and his wife didn't make it and so mm-hmm. um but he had he didn't know and and oh my God. you know we were we were all kind of crowding around this car trying to open the trying to get him out of the car and he's asking about his wife and you know no one no one knew what to say we didn't know what to mm-hmm. if you know what to do it was just a surreal experience and so we tried oh you know tried to force this door open and that didn't work and um yeah it was uh it was just really just really surreal i think is mm-hmm. the way that is the way that i'd put yeah, it yeah 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 um we tried to work together we were like tethering the door to the door of the car to a semi lift and using that to try to pry it open and it just you know it was really it was terrible but then at the same time everyone everyone mm-hmm. else who wasn't in the car came together and immediately tried to work together and there was yeah. no there was no ego there was you know it was it was uh just people trying to do the right thing yeah and, yeah yeah um, and it took about 15 minutes for the police and EMTs to arrive. And then they kind of told everyone to get back into their cars and they were going to figure stuff out. And, yeah. and so uh, some of the crazy things about this pileup. So one of the 18 wheelers was a cattle truck and the side smashed open. And so th- so in the midst of the <sighs> snowstorm with all these, you know, all these all this wreckage, there's cows just walking around aimlessly on the oh highway in the background. God. So there's some photos of that that are just, yeah, I'll show you, I'll show you later. Cause they're, um, it was just so surreal, you know, it was like something that you couldn't really dream up. Yeah. So, um, well, and like so, nothing you could have ever planned for. Right. Just like, yeah, it's, yeah, that's insane. Right. It was, it, it ended up being over 180 vehicles. Um, Jesus Christ. Mo- it, on just the one side and then 150 on the other side and mostly 18 wheelers some of there's a photo of, of one of the 18 wheelers that had been hit from behind so that the the cargo area was sticking 45 at a 45 degree angle into the air you know oh it was my just god it was out of a movie and we you know we walked around and checked it out and it was just just destruction it was like there was no oh my god it was just very very scary um and it turns out multiple people uh died in that accident and it was it was the biggest accident of the year in the u.s in terms of just the amount of vehicles and Mm -hmm. people involved Mm -hmm. um and that that stretch of road apparently had been closed in the previous year it had been closed for over 200 days out of the year because of accidents so this stretch of highway is known for being just very dangerous and, oh and my you know God. the weather changes really quickly the winds are bad it ices over and there's an 80 mile an hour speed limit so Jeez. but so they're it's, used to it out there d- details you know? i would imagine that you guys were not acquainted with when <laughs> yeah. deciding the route well the tough part is that there's there are only two there's only yeah. really two ways to get mm-hmm. from point a to point b out there yeah. and and so when it's bad weather those roads just shut down, you know, yeah. they shut down oh often, but gosh. we sat in our van for about five hours as the police kind of went around and checked mm-hmm. stuff out. And, uh, 
you know, try to document everything. And uh, I think they said ultimately it was like 35 people injured, four people who had died, and and a ton of people were trapped in their cars and couldn't get out. And Good you know, God. And then after about five hours, there was a they brought in a school bus on the other side of the highway, and they kind of told everyone just you know if you're able to walk get in get on that school bus and they'll take us back to the next town back which was rollins wyoming um if you haven't been to rollins just beautiful town beautiful um if there's a silver lining great weekend spot (laughs) if yeah um not to talk bad about rollins but it's not the place where you want to be stuck for three days while they're cleaning the wreckage of the of this uh crash hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank linkedin helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role in a given month over 70 percent of linkedin users don't even visit other leading job sites so start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. So, so we were, you know, we got onto this school bus and it was it was a really strange situation because it was just all these people that were you know a lot of them were in shock mm-hmm. and they it was all people from all walks of life some were truck drivers others were you know moving or traveling across country for just for fun others were working in other ways and there was a guy who had a dog with him and he had he was telling us a story about how that day he got in a big fight with his girlfriend because he spent $45 on a dog seat belt for his dog and his oh girlfriend got all upset with him God. because and it turns out the that seat belt saved the dog's life and then he opened up his jacket and he had a lizard with him too like in his jacket it was just you know you're like what, what? <laughs> you can't make this stuff up but um but yeah so we got oh, bussed back to Rollins Wyoming and the bus driver was just a maniac you know he had no 
consideration that we had just been in this major accident. This and like so traumatizing experience. He was just like blasting down the highway and like he went over a curb. Everyone was just like, oh my God, oh slow my down. God. Um, but then this is where the story kind of, you know, it, it's been pretty dark so far. And now it's gonna. Now we're gonna get to the part of the story where it's like life affirming and and pro humans. Cool. Perfect. Cool. And then and then we're gonna go back and end on a darker <laughs> note. But you gotta. But yeah, like book, book it. Yeah, bookend it. <laughs> yeah, bookend it. <laughs> with terror. But, bookend it with trauma and horrifying events. Perfect. Yeah, that's that's like that's, that's life, right? Life, right? Yeah. <laughs> um. So. One of the one of the really I don't know how to characterize it. I thought it was bad at first, but I guess I understand it. But um, we're all in we're all on this bus, and and people are talking about okay, well we need to get hotel rooms, and you know as we're booking hotel rooms, you could see the algorithm of the hotels start to work, where like people are booking hotel rooms, and the Best Western that was a hundred dollars initially, as people start booking it, the prices go way up. Oh so, my god. So it ends up at like $240 a night for the Best Western because hundreds of people were, you know, trying was, to book hotel rooms. It was in rooms. demand now. Oh my right. god. So we were like, man, you know, the algorithm really should take into consideration why all these bookings are happening, but, you know, then there's then there's just a bunch of really positive uh stuff as well. So mm-hmm. I made a call. It was getting late. It was like uh 8 8:30 uh, PM and Rollins is a small town. There's not a lot of places to eat. Um, so, and most people had been stuck on the highway for six, seven hours at that point. So I made a call to a restaurant and asked if they would explain the situation and just asked if they would consider staying open a little bit later or making some food for the people that are in the accident. And, and I talked to the manager immediately and the guy was so nice and he mm. was just like, maybe he was used to it, <laughs> but, um, but he was, but he was just like, absolutely come mm. in whenever you get back into town, take your time at the hotel, then come on in and we'll have some food for you. It'll be warm in here and you know, it'll be great. I love that. So I thought that was, that was amazing. Yeah. Um, and there's, there are more stories like that too, because as I mentioned earlier, uh, we were stuck in Rollins for the mm-hmm. next three days. So there was so oh, much man. wreckage that it, it took them three days to to physically clear the wreckage from the highway. So no one could go in or out of Rollins. And um, yeah, so it was, uh, it was tough because we couldn't rent a car to try to get back towards Denver. We, mm-hmm. Everything was closed up. There were no alternate routes. They all said, you know, there's a couple of farm roads and they don't get cleared. So oh people God. were getting stuck trying to get out and, you know. So we were in Rollins and we didn't have any of our stuff with us. So we didn't have, our, we had the clothes we were wearing, we had our backpacks, but all of our gear and our suitcases were all in the trailer, which was closed, you know, stuck mm-hmm. in the, because that that, tra- that truck had hit our trailer. So we couldn't access any of it. So, so uh, I should mention that, the, so three of us went back on the school bus. Okay. Two of us, our, our sound guy and Devin, the, our drummer, mm-hmm. they stayed with the van, hoping that things could get cleared that night and they could take the van mm. and keep, keep driving yeah. because the van was, was okay. And it turns out that that bigger trailer really saved our lives because, 
you know, the smaller trailer wouldn't have done as well in yeah. that, in that accident. Oh um, my gosh. But so we didn't have any of our clothes in Rollins. So we, uh, we took a cab. There's one cab company in Rollins. So the cabs for like a two mile drive is $30. So oh my God. We, we took the cab to the Walmart, which is the only place to buy groceries or food or anything. And so we just, I've never spent this much money at Walmart because we were just, you know, we had to get toiletries <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. clothes yeah, and socks yeah, and everything. underwear and like, yeah. So we spent I've a ton of money there. I've never spent so much money at Walmart. <laughs> It was, uh, you know, it was just a disaster. But then as we were there, we were trying to figure out ways to avoid paying that cab 30 bucks to just drive us around town to just, yeah. you know, because we had to get food. There's a Thai, one Thai restaurant and that's it. And so we had to kind of make things work. So then we started asking just people in the town if they could drive us. And, hmm. and so many folks were just so nice and so kind with their time where they drove us out of the way and they, you know, they would they would pick us up and drive us again. And, and, uh, so, um, there was a, there was a waiter, uh, a server at the, at the Thai place who, whose shift was ending. And she was like, don't pay, don't pay the cab. I'll drive you to Walmart and then I'll wait and I'll drive you back to the hotel. Don't worry about it. And she ended up doing that two or three times. Oh my gosh. Um, so it was just, you know, it's in, it's in times like that where you kind of, I guess you realize that, you know, people, there's, there are good people out there. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 And, uh, so this was right around super Tuesday, which is really fun. Just a little side note, you know, oh political action. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I mean, being stuck at a best Western for three days in Rollins is just not, not my idea of fun, but it it's the only choice we had. So, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. so yeah, uh, Devin and Danny, they kept driving. Um, they got the van out finally later that night, and we thought we would kind of be able to reconnect with them the next day, but everything was closed. So they ended up continuing to drive, and we just stayed there oh, <laughs> until wow. three days later when we were finally able to, to get a car to drive us back the other way, back towards Denver. Um, so we had to actually hire a driver because there was that was the only way to do that at the time apparently um and uh there was no yeah no way to rent a car or anything like that yeah, so we had yeah, to pay yeah. a driver to drive us back to laramie wyoming and then we rented a car drove back to denver to hop on a flight to get up to seattle so we had to oh my God. so we had to cancel our boise show in in all that but that was the only show that had been canceled so far so oh, wow. we finally got to we got to seattle and we had two shows there. And at this point, we're starting to, you know, you're starting to hear a lot of rumors about the pandemic and about what's about to happen. And no one's really sure of anything at this point. This is early March. So, you know, March 4th or 5th, people are starting to talk about, you know, is Seattle going to get shut down? Because Seattle, has, you know, if, as you oh remember, it was like the, where, the, where everything started in the U.S. So, oh, my God. <laughs> So I we're had up forgotten there. that until this exact moment. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so we're up there, and we did a, a kind of a private show the night before our act, our actual Seattle show, 
and we we noticed it there. You know, there was over 200 tickets sold to the show, but 70 people bought tickets and didn't show up. And yeah. we were like, okay, people are starting to take this seriously, and we're listening to podcasts about it, and it just yeah. doesn't, it doesn't, it's not looking good, but but everyone still has has some optimism for some yeah. reason. Um, yeah. So we played at the Crocodile in Seattle the next day, and that was that was our last full cap show um since so it was sold out people people showed up and Mm -hmm. it was a party there were over 500 people there all the sound guys were doing the you know like the elbow hello in which you're like yeah that's that's cool i'm glad they're taking it seriously new (laughs) yep um and then we went down to portland oregon that show was great too uh and the difference was palpable between Portland and Seattle. Portland, oh, everyone was just like, oh, it's cool. We're fine. It's yeah. nice out. We can, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah, let's hit the bar. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but so so that was fun. And it was, you know, we, we were we were optimistic, too. And then we, we dr- kept driving uh, down to Bend. And in Bend, way more people didn't show up Mm. so the tickets were still sold but half the people showed up then we kept driving down to ashland and then to san francisco and uh and in in ashland we played this like black box theater and i i specifically remember it was an older crowd and and a bunch of them were coughing and i was just like this is a disaster (laughs) we are these people are not going to survive this and this is it for us we're about to catch it and you know i guess we didn't but um god (laughs) i have a specific note here about how we we stopped in fairfield california on the way down and we had just listened to this podcast and i have a note that said we sat at a depressing brewery having a depressed beer and depressed food (laughs) and it was like all right so we had to start considering oh, that man. Th- this wasn't going to yeah. go on for much longer. And so in San Francisco, we had to make a call because we, we were, you know, our manager was saying, hey, do you want to do this show? Yeah. Do you want to cancel? People were starting to cancel shows. You know, there's things were in the news more and more and uh, things were starting to get canceled. Seattle started banning large gatherings mm-hmm. like two days after we played there. Um, oh my gosh. And so in San Francisco, we decided, okay, let's do this show. Um, we were already there and only about 35% of people who bought tickets showed up. And so it was a really strange show because, Mm -hmm. you know, it was, it was much, uh, more sparsely attended than we, than we thought it would be. But at the same time, the people that came, we could tell that they could really, they really appreciated the distraction and they really you know, for, for us and for them, I'm, I'm hoping it was kind of a special show because people didn't really know that everything was going to get shut down. But, um, but that was, you know, for that venue in San Francisco, that was the last show they've put on. And I don't, I don't even know if they've opened back up since. Then our next show was LA. And after that show in San Francisco, we just said, okay, this isn't, we should cancel LA and we should just fly home. And we, Right, right before we were about to make the call, we got a call from the venue in LA, and they had canceled it, oh, <laughs> had wow. canceled the show too. So we were like, "All right, great." So we drove down to LA, and we had to wait for two days to catch a flight. So we stayed at the Hilton Air at the Hilton Airport Hotel. Perfect. 
and it was just slammed with people, you know, and like now looking back on it, we're like, no one had masks and no one knew anything. So it was yeah. just people at the airport hotel sitting at the bar drinking and, and eating. And it was just, you know, it was crazy. The next morning, we didn't fly out till 9.50 p.m. So we had the whole day to just sit around. So Callie and I went to this place, uh, this restaurant that I'd heard about called Felix in L.A. Okay. Um, and it's like... Uh, handmade pasta and i have i have the guy's cookbook and so i was a i was a big fan so that's cool we were like you know what let's go to this fancy restaurant because who knows when we'll be able to go to restaurants again yeah, yeah. and we st- we like stood in line outside way too early and we got in and it was it was really cool and delicious and then we haven't really eaten at a restaurant since so um <laughs> but but then you know the weird things that were happening at that time too uh, you know, we we stopped at a grocery store, or natural market kind of place, and it was just slammed with people, and people were panic buying all the stuff, and so, uh, yeah, it was just a it was a really unique time. Um, Man, and then we took a flight. We left L.A. We took a red eye to Florida first, and then from Florida up to Boston, and then from Boston a bus to Portland, and then from Portland we got a we got a, a rent rental car to drive up another hour to where we live. And uh, at that point, we were home, and uh, we haven't really left since. So, Oh, my gosh. That, that was, you know, all in all, the story of of entering the pandemic, of trying to release Unlovely, the, seat, the record, and, and also this massive accident that ended up making national news and, yeah. <laughs> and all that. So That's so wild. Yeah. Thank you for sharing all of that. That's like <laughs> so crazy. Oh man. I remember hearing about the accident. I remember you guys posting. I think you posted something about it. Um Yeah. I I did not like I mean, obviously the last twenty four months of the world in existence has just kind of melded into one memory, but like I did not remember all of that right before everything shut down yeah that's so crazy <laughs> thank you so much man for sharing all of that like what of course a, yeah what an intense yeah, thanks for having me thank you yeah, so nice much brother i appreciate it yeah it was great to chat i'll talk to you later cool <laughs> sounds right. good have a good week man see ya thanks bye Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Thank you so much to Martin for joining us and sharing that crazy story. The Ballroom Thieves have a new EP out now. Head over to Spotify, check it out. They also have some dates coming up in February with Darling Side, another really incredible band. Head over to their website, ballroomthieves.com, for more information. Grab your tickets now. I'm confident they will sell out probably pretty quickly. Head over to their social medias to follow them on Instagram. They are just at ballroomthieves. They are the same on Spotify. If you want some extra time with Martin, head over to patreon.com slash tellmeyours. You'll get a little bit of extra time, some more conversation it's really great patreon.com slash tell me yours and if you want to follow us on twitter and instagram we are just at tell me yours pod don't forget to like and subscribe leave a comment tell your friends share us anything helps until next time be kind to each other and we'll talk soon mom 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.